takes our life and he does magnificent things with it, far exceeding anything that we can ask or think of. Holy fire, burn away my desire for anything that is not hard. Thanks for joining us at The Hope of Our Calling. Let's get started in our study of First Peter. Hi everyone, it's Kendra and Hope of Our Calling in First Peter. Well, tonight we're going to finish up First Peter and then go back quickly through just to make sure that the truths that we have been learning in First Peter get anchored in not only our minds, but our hearts, because that's where the transformation happens. So last week we concluded our study with verse 22 of 1 Peter chapter 1. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Now we go on to verse 23 where it says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I want to take us to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 13, where it says, Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. As we grow and learn of God through his word, we come to understand the need we have for transformation. Transformation from dwelling in the flesh with its self-centeredness, with its selfishness, and with its self-righteousness. Because when you take that and compare it to God, the magnificent creator, who flung the stars into being and knows them by name, the one who knows the number of hairs on our head and whose thoughts for us are more than the sands of the sea, there is no comparison. But the glorious thing, as I keep saying, is God is at work and he has a plan and he's incorporated us into that plan. Those of us who want to know him, who want to be part of his kingdom, Again, he's not going to force anyone to spend eternity with him who has rejected him the entire time he has been wooing them. We were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but by God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, that's our flesh, that DNA flesh we got from Adam and Eve, but of incorruptible, speaking of Jesus, speaking of the Holy Spirit coming upon Mary for that immaculate conception, that seed of the woman spoken of in Genesis 3, that holy, perfect seed that had no sin whatsoever, the God incarnate, Jesus. And then it goes on to say, Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. 
And that word is the gospel, that despite our corruptible seed or beginning, we have the ability to be born again by his spirit. And as soon as we allow his spirit to reign in our lives, we become once again connected to God. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 through 14, it says, For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Keep in mind, not quite free. It costs the blood of Christ. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now here's the condemnation. But the natural man, that self-centered, self-righteous, selfish man, receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. This is what we have been speaking of in this, in this chapter. There's so much we've been speaking of, but the one thing I really want us to grasp is our life can count, though it's but a vapor, though it's just the grass that fades and the flower that wilts, it still matters. Because when we hand it over to him and say, lead on, Lord, and we will follow, he uses us. He causes us to know things that we couldn't imagine knowing. He shows us great and mighty things, as the word says. He takes our life and he does magnificent things with it far exceeding anything that we can ask or think of. But it takes the sacrifice of our will by believing in him that his ways are higher than our ways. But his plan and future for us is marvelous, magnificent, incredible, exceeding anything we could think about. So quickly, Let's just go back and take a look at everything we've learned. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we talked about Peter, the apostle, and he was talking to the pilgrims or the travelers, the sojourners, the disciples of Christ within not only the first century, but throughout time, even till today. The pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatius, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. The foreknowledge of God who created the entire system of redemption to create a special and unique people unto himself. In sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. After he calls to this special group of people who with a fervor have committed their heart, souls, and mind, and strength unto the Lord, he says, grace to you and peace be multiplied. When we receive God's grace, we have his peace. 
That sanctification that's being talked about is making us holy as he is holy, as we found out in this chapter. And the blood that was talking about, we read about in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. It says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Does that sound familiar to any of us? Of course it does. It sounds like the cross at Calvary. When Jesus laid down his life, and no matter the fact that we brutally beat him and crucified him, the first words out of his mouth were petitioning God the Father. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do because his ways are higher than ours. But he's given us his word that we might know and understand. And then in verse 3, it said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Again, that abundant mercy is Calvary's cross. He's begotten us again. The same thing we were just talking about. The natural man is body, mind, and spirit. The body leads the mind and leads the spirit. That lusts of the body. The mind is ruled over by the body appetites. But the born-again man is a spiritual man because he is spirit, mind, and body. It's turned back up right, and the spirit is connected to God's spirit who leads the way. Elizabeth Elliot said, those who live on the level of the lower nature, that bodily nature, have an outlook formed by it, and that spells death. But those who live on the level of the spirit have a spiritual outlook, and that is life and peace, because God takes us. And he conforms us into his image that the world might see him in and through us. Verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Does that cause you to desire to see the face of God sooner rather than later? Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, which is where we are, folks. When you look through the scripture, and the thing that makes the Bible so different is the prophecies that fill his holy word, that foretelling, the foreshadowing of things to come, and we have watched them come to pass throughout time. Isaiah, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's just one of 300, over 300. And they've mostly been fulfilled. The nation of Israel returning to its homeland and becoming a nation again. Prophecy fulfilled. These are all things, signs of the last times. Everything we're seeing today in our world is as it is spoken of in scripture. But beware, because it says that when he returns for his bride, it will be as if the days of Noah were here. And those were despicable days where everybody does what is right in their own eyes and evil is right and right is evil. Does that sound familiar? We are in those last days. Verse six. 
In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. I love this study because it says the genuineness of our faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Meaning, he, the master craftsman, the master silver goldsmith, has his hands on us. He is molding and shaping us. And yes, he may allow trials and tribulations all to the perfecting of our faith, which is much more precious than gold. Do you know that heaven is going to be paved with streets of gold? We're going to walk on them. Gold has no value in heaven. It's asphalt. But here, when we turn our lives over, the commodity that God works in is faith. You give him your faith and he pours out his blessings. I've spoken about this before, but Revelation chapter 19, 7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife has made herself ready. Who's the wife? We are. The bride of Christ is. For every born-again believer devouring God's word, drawing close to him, especially in our trials. We are making ourselves ready because we are committing ourselves moment by moment to him, to trusting him, believing him, that his deliverance is sure and his promise is rock solid. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is with us till the end of the age, which, silly, there is no end of the age. He's eternal. Our part is to understand Through his revealed word that God is working all things to the good for those that love him, fervishly love him, and are called according to his purpose. We are called. That is the hope of our calling. He is calling. That's why I call this ministry hope of our calling. It's your lover calling you, beckoning to you. Come just as you are. Come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. We learned about the trying of our faith being as if the, the, the metal worker was heating us up to that point that all the dross, all that disposable things that stand in the way of the silversmith seeing his reflection gets removed, that dross gets removed. God is seeking to see his reflection in us. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open faces, beholding as in a glass or a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Meaning every time we decide to trust him, we choose to trust him, we give him glory, we reflect his glory. So from glory to glory, by the leading of his Spirit. Verse 8, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, and here it is, the salvation of your souls. God is in the business of redeeming. God the Father ransomed God the Son, his only begotten Son, to pay our debt 
the wages of sin is death. Verse 10. Of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully, who prophesied of the grace that would come to you, speaking of us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ and the glories that would follow. Remember, we've spoken about Revelation chapter 13, verse verse 8, which says, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God's Spirit has been inspiring men and women of God of the things that were yet to come, that those who put pen to paper inspired by the Spirit were baffled about what the Spirit was indicating they should write. They couldn't comprehend it, but they trusted to our benefit. Because now we read Isaiah, we read Ezekiel, we read Zechariah, we read the prophets, and we see all this fulfillment that has already come to pass. They didn't have that. They were on the other side, but they were faithful. We have to be that faithful to follow his spirit. We will hear a voice in our ear saying, this is the way, walk in it. Do you see, saints? There is more to life than this temporal satisfaction. This temporal place is preparing us for eternity. And we've got to take our perspective off the temporal and put it on the eternal so that we're fully prepared for the things yet to be. Are you on that pathway? Because I have to caution you, the Bible says the path is wide that leads to destruction but narrow that leads to righteousness, and few there be that find it. But the path is clear when we've given ourselves over to his spirit. Again, you'll hear a voice in your ear saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's God's promise who can't lie. Are you on that path? Are you on that narrow path, forsaking the temporal for the eternal? In Jeremiah 29, verse 11 through 13, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for good and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call on me and come and pray. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me. And here it is, the condition. When you search for me with all of your heart. Not part of it, not on Sundays, not on midweek study, but every moment of every day. Do you know the Bible exhorts us to pray without ceasing? Meaning, have an open communication with the Lord that beckons you to acknowledge him in all your ways and he'll direct your path. Verse 12, to them it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things which angels desire to look into. Do you realize that we actually confound the angels? They see us. They, they see the things that we do, and they're baffled as to why God is so in love with us. But Isaiah 55, 9 says, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Speaking of our thoughts, verse 13, Therefore gird up the loins of your mind and be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming ourselves to the former lust as in our ignorance. Meaning, before we heard the good news that there was a way of redemption, before we knew that God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever should believe on him should not perish, but have eternal life. We need to take every thought captive that exalts itself against the knowledge that we have of that redemption. Because the adversary of our souls, the enemy who from the very beginning of time planted that little tiny seed of doubt that has destroyed humanity, is still busy at work sowing seeds of doubt. We need to gird up our minds, strengthen our minds. We do that in his word. Verse 15. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. Do you understand that our pursuit of his holiness and his righteousness found in his word is what helps us to gird up our mind? It keeps us safe in the shadow of his wings. It directs our path into his righteousness. And all of a sudden, when you finally surrender all and you desire his spirit above all things to guide you, those things that used to give you pleasure all of a sudden become kind of putrid. You all of a sudden decide to put those off. I don't want to be part of that anymore. That's temporal world thinking. I want to do and think about the things of heaven. The holiness, the righteousness, the purity, the cleanliness, the strength. Those are the things that I desire now. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Verse 17. And if you call on the Father who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourself throughout the time of your stay here in fear, meaning be aware that God never leaves. He never forsakes us. He is always here. Remember, he knit us together in our mother's womb. He knew us before we were formed. He knows the number of our days. He knows everything. And one day, everything we think, everything we do, everything we say will be brought into account. But the gloriousness is if we have received his mercy, bought and paid for us on the cross, we are washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. And we need fear no judgment because it transforms us to desiring to please our father and hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That should be your driving motivation in every day. Help me, Lord, please you. Help me, Lord, to give you out to people in need of you. Set a guard at my tongue. Set a guard at my mind. Set a guard at my eyes and my actions, Lord. Let me please you because then I know I will be blessed. Verse 18 Here it is again, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers, which is things that we have seen done in religion throughout the space of time. God is not about ritual. He's not about tradition. He's not about works. He is about heart. 
He wants to transform our heart, that heart that's gotten hardened throughout our time here on earth, that has been offended, that has been um, abandoned, desolated, that has been wounded, and thus has a callus on it, and no longer operates from that place of compassion, caring one for another as he had cared for us. They will know you are my disciples by the love you have for one another. Didn't Jesus say that? Be gracious with one another. We were not redeemed with corruptible things, verse 19, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without a blemish and without a spot. In Genesis chapter 22, verse 8, it says, Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. Again, prophecy foretelling of what was to come, and that was the beautiful Lamb of God spoken about in John chapter 1, verse 29. Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Trust him, folks. Verse 20, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last days for you, who through him believed in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. God's the creator of everything, including this love story we're living in. Verse 22, Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart. It is the power of God's very Spirit that leads us and guides us into His ways. John 16, 13 says, Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Do you understand that the spirit of God was given to us? The spirit came upon the prophets and the people of the Old Testament. But we've been gifted with something extraordinary. Because at the resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, we were given the promise of a deposit of God's Spirit to dwell within every born-again believer. Remember, we spoke about it. Born again of God's Spirit, not of the will of man, but of God. And all we had to do was simply ask God for it, completely trusting completely believing his desire is to impart his spirit into us to give us understanding of his word. So once again, all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. In James chapter 4, verse 14, it says, Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and then it vanishes. The gospel is, Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, that I might be washed white as snow and see my Savior's face. Lord, help us to gird up our minds, and to remember the great and incorruptible inheritance we have in Christ and the tremendous price that was paid for it. Help us, Lord, to put off the works of our flesh 
and by your spirit given to us at our profession of faith in you to seek your holiness in all that we do. Bless us, Lord, with more of your spirit to lead and guide us into all truth. Use us mightily, Lord, to bring glory to you. Saints, seek the Lord with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Forsake the temporal gratification for that which satisfies for eternity. For more information about Kendra Martin and Hope of Our Calling, you can email her at kendramartinministries at gmail.com or visit the website at www.hopeofourcalling.org.